A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Double plays. Bane of my existence. I remember running home from school. Turning on the TV to the Cubs game. Sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Now hanging out with Obstructive View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but we're just a bunch of fans who love the local nine and talking baseball. And, of course, the 2016 World Series Champion Cubs. Hello, this is Ken. I am Rice Cube on the socials. With me is Jeff, a.k.a. Bercilius of Obstructive View. How are we doing today? Uh, pretty good. Cubs back on TV, so happy to see it. The Cubs at this time are just a couple games under 500, trying to claw back into the division race. Everybody else in the division is pretty much sucking, so that helps a little bit. We can talk a little bit about the London series because uh, I watched the first game. I didn't watch the second game because we were blacked out because of ESPN boo, right? But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the first game was really cool. And the second game, well, not so much. There were some issues in the second game that will have us talking about Trey Mancini and also the fact that they just called up Jared Young. Depending on what, you know, the other teams do tonight and for the rest of the week up until the All-Star break, we can talk about the outlook and what this team is possibly capable of and maybe some extra roster considerations because there are probably a few extra things that this team should do, but they haven't done yet. So how's that for a plan, sir? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. As the spring gave away to summer. Past the ivy-colored dreams Toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow Were you able to watch at least the first London game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched, I watched all of that one. And then I uh, slept through the second one, or most of the second one. <laughs> yeah. I did wake up and I tried to get on the app, but, you know, ESPN blacked out. I thought the Fox game would be blacked out, too, but they, they were not. And, you know, we don't have cable and we can't really get TV signal with rabbit ears because we're in a valley. So uh, it was very nice to be able to see that and see a beatdown. So this team is capable of beatdowns, even in the game that they lost, they were were able to score enough runs most of them opportunistic because there, there were some goofy errors it was generally a really cool thing i liked seeing all those people in the crowd and we're able to actually hear some of the british announcers say stuff uh, including <laughs> home run calls so that that was nice I, I really enjoyed the game and i hope they keep doing that yeah, I agree. I, I really enjoyed it. I was kind of surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It's, it certainly helped that they modified the field compared to the, the last time they played in London. It felt more like a, a normal baseball game instead of, you know, some crazy ex- exhibition game with a billion home runs that just happened to count. I think they threaded the needle there. Yeah, I believe they had to use some form of astroturf. So people were saying that there were issues with some of the bounces. But it seemed like they were able to navigate that pretty well. So I, I do agree with you. It looked like a normal baseball game to me. And that's that's probably what you want. Do you ever, ever watch Star Trek? Some, depending on which flavor you're talking yeah. about. 
Well, the one that I'm thinking of is Deep Space Nine because the captain was a huge baseball fan and the writer is apparently also a baseball fan, but they kind of killed baseball in the Star Trek universe in 2042. And the final World Series was actually played by the London Kings. And I think they beat the Yankees or something. But that, that was kind of fun to think about. And considering they're playing in Mexico City or they're playing in Australia somewhere, they're playing Tokyo and now London, uh, you know, eventually they're going to probably think about expanding globally. But yeah, probably not for quite a while. So it, it's fun to think about, like the possibilities. Trey Mancini is in, I think, for the most part, even though he airs on the side of Platoon, David Ross is doing the best he can with each lineup. But you notice that uh, Trey Mancini is the designated hitter, and that's because he was pretty bad at playing first base in the one game he, he appeared in in London. Yeah, I'm glad they're putting him back on the horse. I mean, he he was really wearing it after the game, so I think this might help a little bit. And he does hit lefties well. He, he should be in the lineup, just maybe not playing first base. Yeah, so interesting that uh, Bellinger is still playing first base, and he's starting against lefty, and I think that should happen more often than not. There was one particular situation. I don't remember if it was one of the London games or couple of games before, but they, they did pinch hit Trey Mancini for Bellinger, and I think he struck out. But uh, it's kind of like at some point, just let Belly hit against lefties and don't sacrifice the defense, even if it's just that first base, right? Yeah, I mean, first base defense isn't necessarily that. But uh, I, mean, I guess there is always the old uh, joke like from Moneyball where first base is the easiest position to learn, but it's incredibly hard with uh, with Scott Hatterberg. So I guess it's kind of hard to coach him up uh, midseason. But he, he's played a lot of first base. It's, it's not like he's just being thrown out there. I mean, even before the season, he had played like 2,000 innings there and was okay. You know, he just had kind of some high-profile mistakes and everyone's going to pile on him. But I, I don't think he's a disaster out there. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with all of the, the criticism of the Cubs for like, oh, they should never put him out there. And I'm like, he's Where fine. else is he going to play? <laughs> yeah. Like somebody else has to DH every now and then. I feel like it shouldn't be Morel because he's like a good utility guy and people are at, asking like, should he, should Christopher Morel play more third base? so that you have somebody who has a bigger, better bop than a Nick Madrigal. Although Nick Madrigal has been hitting pretty well, too. He uh, had a couple of doubles. One, one, I think, was one of those like weird softball doubles where the guy's playing you shallow because he know he can't hit it for, and he just <laughs> popped it over his head. And the other one we thought was actually going to go over the wall. <laughs> so was, uh, I heard that, and I think I was listening to the radio, and the Cardinals announcers were, like, surprised. It did bang off the wall. It was a nice solid double, but it had a chance. It's good to see him at least drive the ball a little more instead of these weak, weak old grounders. So speaking of softball plays, it just reminded me in my, in my last game, I had one of those scoring decisions that only show up in beer league softball when I hit a uh, sack fly to the shortstop. <laughs> You're playing with 60-foot base, bases, right? 60 feet between bases? I think so. Yeah, it's a lot easier to score from 60 feet than from 90 feet on the tag up. <laughs> kind of so, like some, some, some of it, too. It's just like, I think they just forgot there was someone at their base. <laughs> yeah, because uh, with a lot of those 
at those leagues, like there's no fence or anything. So it's like if it gets hit past your center fielder, you might as well just trot home. <laughs> no, we were, we were glad we have a fence. Like uh, I often hit ahead of one of our home run hitters, and it's real nice because I don't have to run as much. <laughs> if, if, if it was a no fence situation, if it was a no fence situation, I'd be uh, I'd be much more tired on these uh, podcast Tuesdays. Yeah, so let's uh, talk a little bit about the division, right? The Cubs actually kind of flip-flopped between Milwaukee and Cincinnati because they flip-flopped. So the idea was, hey, you're within like three games of first, so let's do something about it. And it looked like, as of right now, they are three games back of first, except first place is now Milwaukee because Milwaukee was beating up on the Mets. And Cincinnati's playing against the Baltimore Orioles, who are actually really, really good. So I, I feel like Milwaukee's going to end this series in first place. Now, the Cubs, their challenge is going to be, can they stay within three games of first place until they get up to Milwaukee to play that series? And can the Baltimore Orioles do enough against Cincinnati to, you know, drop them below the Cubs by the time that happens? And Normally, I wouldn't care too much about like what's going outside the division, but considering there's only like, what like 52 games in division, that's 114 games outside the division. So now you're you're saying okay, the, the outside division games matter so much more. You got to do something about those. So while the Cubs are playing their own games, win as many of those as possible. But when they are not playing the Cubs, they're not playing in division try to lose as much as possible, right? So it's very similar to what was happening in previous years, but now I think it's more so. Yeah, I know I've ranted about this on the past uh, past podcast. Like, I'm really liking this uh, new, more balanced schedule less and less as <laughs> each week goes on. And like, even when you, uh, you know, you see people criticizing, like, the NL Central or AL Central as being bad divisions, and I'm like, they're not that bad. <laughs> I mean, we got we got so many teams. I mean, it's, but I, I, maybe maybe I've been spoiled or not spoiled is not the right word, but uh, too inert by a bunch of mediocre Cubs teams. So I'm like, oh, 500 is all right. Yeah, you get some 500 teams. That's that's not terrible. But they're not playing each other very much. I mean, you look, the Cubs finally got to play Pittsburgh, and what did they do? They won six straight games. So you know, they, they don't really have much of a chance to differentiate themselves within the division when they're not playing each other very much. Yeah, I actually don't recall when they. They play the uh, Cardinals next. I know right now they're playing the Phillies and the Cleveland Guardians uh, this homestand. And the next week they're playing the Brewers and the Yankees. And then it's all the all-star break. Thankfully, like Stroman is apparently okay. They'll just see if he'll, he'll throw his next bullpen and go from there. But, you know, blisters aren't too bad. They don't play st louis again until after the all-star break that's a homestand uh four games series so that that's pretty cool and then they played them again on the road four games so it's it's like eight games in the month of july against st louis and then that's it so the problem i see is that it's unfortunately before the trade deadline so st louis being like however many games behind in the division uh, they're not going to like fully sell out yet. So you're still going to be playing this particular St. Louis team that has been kind of irking Cubs, uh, even that London series, like where we thought they would sweep and then Trey Mancini's defense happened. But that's just one of those things that 
happens, I guess, and people overreact. But uh, at in the moment, it was pretty bad. In August, they continue against the Reds, and the Reds are just there. There's just a mystery. Like I don't understand how they're doing so well. Like I understand that their their prospects are good, and Joey Votto's back, and everything, and they have good vibes. And they were probably also beating up on bottom dwellers, but they were playing. Atlanta super tight even though they lost the series like every game was like a one-run game it was ridiculous yeah I mean I also feel like everyone's waiting for St. Louis to like rattle off like a 10-game winning streak or something and be back in this for no reason other than devil magic reasons not a big fan of devil magic man (laughs) I I, I don't understand that like you know in that last uh, London game it seemed like everything they hit blooped into a hit and then the Cubs hit like several line drives that found a glove and it was just super annoying. I, I can't really explain it other than just say that's baseball. Yeah, it's just too bad. I mean, I'm sure there were probably some like galaxy brain St. Louis fans hoping the Cardinals lost that uh, Sunday game as well. Because it probably would have gotten uh, Ali Marmol fired, or at least one would hope. I don't know just how safe his job is. It's been a, kind, of a, kind of a train wreck there, to say the least interesting to see what they do with him. So we're basically a month away from the trade deadline. The trade deadline should be on that Monday in August. Forgot the exact date, but it, it floats, right, depending on the date. But, uh, yeah, it's it should be in August. So he's basically got, I guess, this week, right? Because it's, it's going to come up until the All-Star break if they don't uh, have some momentum. By the time the All-Star game comes around, it's probably over for him. Yeah, but they could just write off the season. I'm not sure what they're going to do. I mean, certainly, I know I saw some article early in the week saying, uh, you know, that they weren't going to sell. But, you know, you could believe whatever whatever you choose to believe there from the uh, Cardinals front office. They get a lot of expiring uh, pitching contracts, and that's something everyone's going to want. Certainly with the new playoffs, I mean, and that, you know, speaking of things that MLB has changed to uh, try to change the vibes around the season, having so many uh, teams you know, in contention, in quotes, it's probably going to make the trade deadline kind of boring. <laughs> I mean, who, who's going who's to sell stuff? The Cardinals have assets, but I don't think they're going to sell because they're weird like that. You know, do you want anyone from the Rockies or the Royals or the A's? I mean, it, the most exciting thing that's probably going to move is going to be like a reliever or something. And I think that's just about it. But yeah. maybe I'm being pessimistic about this. Well, we could try to get optimistic about our own team, uh, the Cubs. What possibly do you think they can trade and what they would possibly target? And that that's probably requires a lot more research on our part than, than just <laughs> shooting the breeze. But that's probably something uh, for after the All-Star break. We did talk about All-Stars last week. I'm pretty sure right now it's just Marcus Stroman and Justin Steele. You understand the, the voting, right? It was basically uh, a first round of... Let's find out who the finalists are. And now it becomes ranked choice voting or something. And so now a lot of fan bases are just out of it. And it seems like they're doing, you know, the entire game of disfavor because if I don't see my players anymore, uh, why would I bother voting? And also maybe they shouldn't show the vote totals at all. They should just like say, hey, these guys are still on the ballot. You should vote until X date and then we'll announce it, you know. Yeah, I, I don't like the fan voting. I think they should just get rid of it. <laughs> you think it should just be all managers? 
Maybe all managers are all like, or, or like, I don't know, maybe we can have some sort of electoral college of all-star game voters. I don't know. Like the fan voting has always been really weird and often dominated by large fan bases anyway. So I've never taken the, those all-star nods to be particularly meaningful. I don't actually know if they're doing a final vote this year. You remember the, the final vote and at some point that uh, allowed uh, an extra couple of Cubs to, to make it to the all-star yeah. Well, I, th- I think they do that after like the rosters get released and then the managers pick, then like the last spot or two end up being final voted. Oh, yeah, because the uh, managers are the ones who pick the reserves and the uh, the pitchers, pitchers right? The entire pitching yeah. staff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if Stroman and Steele didn't both go in. Yeah, and that's probably it. Although, who knows? Maybe the Cubs will take it easy with Stroman if this blister lingers. Yeah, he could always also elect not to not to pitch. And I, I guess I didn't read the CBA well enough to understand whether uh, somebody who decides not to participate still gets paid like an all-star bonus. But they, they got it, right? Like if you, you get voted in, you get like a little bit of the all-star pool. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I doubt that they will get rid of Barnhart. Like, I know a lot of folks have been suggesting that, and I don't see why they would do that because, like, even though he can't hit for for crap, he, he still seems to be doing well with the pitching staff, and so that has to account for something. Yeah, I don't necessarily know who would want him either. I mean, if you've got a defensive catcher who works well with the staff, I mean, it helps to have them at, you know, spring training rather than, Bring, bringing them in for two, you know, a bunch of whole new guys in the middle of a season. Uh, I think there's a lot less value there. I, I think generally if they were to uh, move on from Barnhart, it wouldn't be a trade. It would probably be a DFA. Yeah. But Agreed. I don't think they're at that point yet, especially if they're still so close to, to 500. I don't know how close to 500 that will be by the time this is over. As, uh, you know, if you have a right-handed lineup that's doing not so well against a lefty pitcher who's not actually that good, to be honest. That's the first time through the order. <laughs> it, it makes me antsy, man. Like it's it's just the way my <laughs> my fan brain works. Like my my logic says that you know, like you said, it's just the first couple of innings and it's just one game. But fan brain is like, if they don't score the next X number of innings, then you know nothing's gonna happen and they're gonna lose. But uh, yeah, they're there's still so many outs left they have to work with. I am actually very surprised that they're allowing them to play in this like wildfire fog. I I assume that they're able to breathe okay. So I don't see anybody necessarily laboring, but I, I honestly thought they would bang this game and try a doubleheader later on in the series. I mean, I assume it's going to be about the same tomorrow, but I don't live in Chicago, so I don't know how bad it actually is. Yeah. There was one time, one or two times, uh, California was on fire. The sky looked like, you know, basically Mount Doom. It was pretty bad. It was very difficult to breathe. So, like, having to do something strenuous, even if it's just, quote, baseball, uh, during all this uh, seems not wise. But I I guess the Players Union uh, decided to just let it keep going. So, you know, at this point, we just hope that nobody gets like the black lung or anything and they put out the fires in Canada soon because I'm pretty sure it sucks for them up there. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look quite as Mount Doomy in Chicago, at least from what I've seen. This looks more like just the, the haze that we get here, which is yeah. not great, but it's not, uh, not apocalyptic. <laughs> yeah. The fires in California, though, were, were much closer to me than Canada is to Chicago. So that's probably the main difference. Like you can't you could actually feel a blanket of fog and smoke over you. And yeah, for, for, the, for us, it was weird because they were um, east of us. So we could see the big plumes and you could see the fires at night. But the, the wind, well, we were upwind from them. It usually wasn't too bad. I mean, there are plenty of other fires that we've had. The one real big fire we had last year, it wasn't quite in so New bad. New Mexico? Yeah, yeah. Or it was that in so Colorado? Because I, I thought like Colorado was also on fire. There was a lot of fires because climate change is actually real, despite what people say. And I think that's basically causing a lot of these uh, random wildfires now. Yeah, we had a couple of huge ones by area, but there was one really big, fast-moving one outside of Denver. I remember if it was last year or the year before. That took wow. out like, a bunch of shopping malls and stuff uh, just as, just as, between Denver and Boulder, which I've seen the uh, the wreckage of. And that was just grass fires, too. Was that. I mean, the stuff out here is, you know, just old, dry forests. I think uh, it's gotten better in California, though, because we've gotten a lot more rain than we usually get and i think that's gotten enough dampness that fires aren't going to happen quite as much but yeah that's still kind of scary to think about that you know at any moment a fire is just going to spark up and you know (laughs) millions of acres are just going to be lost like uh it was pretty bad like north of sacramento lot lot and then you have the flooding and everything it's crazy at least it, it's hard for it to burn again. We we had a fire sparked close to uh, yeah. Los Alamos last year, but it didn't really do much because it was in the burn scar of two other fires. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So it, it just it know. just it burned it burned a bunch of underbrush, but it just, just didn't have enough fuel to make one of those big old raiders. So what do you think of Tyone, man? Like I, I feel like he just makes a few mistakes here and there, but the pitches still look good. Like, yeah, I don't know what to make of him. Like his his earlier in the year, his peripherals looked pretty good. Maybe not so much now. His his FIP is pretty terrible. That's mostly just because he's I mean, he's given up a lot of home runs and he's walking a lot more guys. Weirdly, this reason uh, this season. I mean, it's a relatively small sample size still, but it's almost double what it was last year. His walk rate. I guess they they just let him kind of slog through it for for a while, even if they're still quote, competing for a playoff spot, as it were. It, it seems like if he's having so much trouble getting into a groove, it might not happen until, like, next spring when they they figure it out with him in, in the lab and get it done. You know, I mean, that would be unprecedented. I mean, uh, you know, it took Dar- you Darvish two years to figure it out with the Cubs, or I guess his second year to figure it out with the Cubs, and... You know, plenty of other guys over the last few years. I feel like that's been a story when they came in, too. Yeah, Stroman. I feel like you, you, Lester, even Stroman yeah. was a lot better in the second year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he figured that out in the second half. I think John Lester sort of figured it out in the second half as well. He was, like, pretty terrible when, when he first started and then just kind of clicked at, at some point. So 
pitches like those wipeout sliders, or I, I don't know if it was slider or changeup because I'm not hairy, but <laughs> but it, it looked really good, and, and he made the Trey Turner look silly. So the stuff is there. I, I I'm pretty sure he'll he'll figure it out at some point. But uh, yeah, it's right now. I, I think it's just an exercise in patience for all of us. Just continue hoping that all the other teams in the division keep losing. And the Cubs figure that out, uh, get enough offense. Uh feel like the bullpen guys are still doing fairly well. Like it's very similar to the Mets, right? Like they they basically I, I think Epler was saying, yeah, we have a lot of good stuff, but they're just not all clicking at the same time. And at some point you have to make it click, otherwise it's just not gonna happen. So they're hopeful that it does click before they have to make some really tough decisions. Yeah. I'm not I'm just happy this team is, is back to Cromulent now. So now that they're hovering around 500, I'm much less complaining. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if this team's going to compete for a World Series. I just want them to be... I mean, here, here we are in late June, and I'm enjoying watching watching the team. That that hasn't been the case for, for a couple of years now. Yeah. Defense is pretty darn good. Like, uh, I saw a few plays that just make you go, ooh, I can't believe you got to that ball. And... That was nice. It's not just Dansby Swanson either. It's like uh, a lot of people around the diamond. And then every now and then you do get the Trey Mancini uh, situation where you're just like, why did you do that? But at least they're not letting him play on defense right now. But at some point, like I, I think to squeeze an extra bat in and keep the rest of the defense uh, as effective as possible, he's going to have to play there. Just every now and then. I, I think we'll see him, like, in another couple of games. Yeah, they'll just and give him a few days. They'll, they'll work on some stuff with, I don't know, Napoli or whoever the infield coach is. And, mm-hmm. and he'll be okay. I don't, I don't think he's going to get any good gloves out there. But either is, well, I guess Cody Villager's okay at first base. But then again, like, first base defense. I mean, I guess Rizzo won, won, won some cool gloves. But that, that's not exactly something that you uh, – Build your team around, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I guess uh, for the first baseman, you just want them to be able to hit. And that, that was something that I'm thinking of, you know, the corner infield positions and the DH, not so so good. Although, you know, if Morell is DHing, he at least can bash the baseball a very long way. But you also, I feel like you don't want Morell DHing. And it also sucks that uh, some sometimes it looks like a lot of these at-bats are ending because the umpire can't figure out what a strike actually is. But I think that's probably true for both teams. And, you know, no no more excuses at some point. You just got to keep d- doing it. You, you, it's, it's oh, like I thought, I thought you were going to say, uh, thought you were gonna say no, more, no more excuses. It's time to go to, go to the robo-ups. <laughs> At least challenge jumps, whatever. I, I yeah. actually got an MLB fan survey uh, uh, last week for the first time in a while, and that was that was very much the theme of my feedback. Was yeah. all right, you got you got a system, let's do it. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, we they they will do ABS at some point. I just don't know exactly when. Like, uh, I I hope it's next year. I, I think. I mean, I'd, be, done... I'd be shocked if they don't have it by a decade from now, but I'd I'd love it if it was next year. Yeah, it will probably be more likely within two years, although they're like actively negotiating the next CBA as we speak. So, you know, they do the thing where, yeah, we, we're trying not to do too many wholesale changes until we hammer out the CBA. But the next CBA is like three years from now. So 
it's like, yes, you, you guys can totally do something. Just uh, just put it they're in they're, and see what happens. <laughs> they're not they're not going to do anything to the last minute. I'd, I'd be shocked if uh, if any anything any, anything they do now is just is just wheel spinning as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah. I won't I won't believe anything until it's D Day, and even then I'm sure they'll go a couple extra months past the deadline. But it's usually in the off season anyway. I, I think there's enough. Uh, but there's enough friction out there that that is not going to be a easy CBA. I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going to go on strike or anything, but I, I don't think we're uh, we're going to have one of those uh, easy CBAs either. Yeah, it depends on how badly they really want to shoehorn in a salary cap and a salary floor. If they're hard line on that, they're going to strike, and I, I don't think there's any getting around that. So the salary cap, salary floor thing is probably a non-starter. Beauty and the history in this cathedral. The sky so blue against the grass so green. Like time stood still forever. Yeah, I think it's been the mantra of our podcast for like months now, right? It's like, <laughs> you just got to play better, guys. Please. Please they, they did. thank you. They did. <laughs> That's true. You know, like between the last episode and this episode, they rattled off like a really nice win streak. And that was really exciting. And that's why I, I, I think we're just disappointed that they're not doing better in this particular game. But I mean, I mean, if we recorded this on Saturday night, I think the vibes would have been very different. It's just that their last uh, their last game was a loss. So, yeah, I think got to get through that whole this is a marathon and not a sprint mentality. But, you know, we are fans and humans going to human. So there, there's some emotion attached. I, I really just want them to do well. And while it's impossible for them to win all 162 games, I'd like them to win at least 80 of them, you know? <laughs> yeah, we still got another, what, 90 or so games to go. So yeah. plenty, plenty, plenty of baseball left to be played. Yeah. And, you know, there's a few things that Rickett said during, during the London series, like, Basically expecting to buy, although he's leaving all of that to, to you know, Jed Hoyer and, and the crew to, to figure out. But he at least knows how to massage the fan sentiment. The words are encouraging, but I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll believe it when I see action, which I'm not uh, necessarily expecting anything beyond like a bullpen guy and maybe another like, corner infielder. But no one that's going to yeah. blow, the, blow the doors off the stadium. We probably wouldn't expect anything like super exciting until next spring anyway, but it'd be nice if they were like a year ahead of schedule, especially if they, I don't think the wild card is going to come out of this division. They really have to win the division and it's kind of fortunate that everybody's still continuing to suck a little bit. Although I don't, I don't know what it is with the, the rest of the league. It's like, maybe it's just because they haven't even, gotten to game number 80 yet and so there's not enough sample size but a lot of these clubs are still you know not significantly above 500 or anything usually at some this time you have a few teams where you're like yeah this is definitely a good team but even the dodgers i think are only 10 games over over 500 they're not even 10 games over they're 43 and 34 right now as of this time uh, before they play. So yeah, there there's a lot of teams that are just not creating separation between them and the mythical 500 mark. But maybe it's just because they haven't played enough games yet. 
what you up to for the 4th of July? Uh, we'll have a cookout with some people from work, I think, and probably just end up doing a bunch of housework that I avoided while I was out of town for the last two weekends. <laughs> oh, yeah. New, new homeowner is fun. <laughs> is it cookout at your place, or are you just like telling people to stay away until you got it fixed up? No, no. I mean, I, I did have a cookout here not long after I moved in, but uh, this is a, a much larger work cookout that is up on the hill, so I just have to make a pie. Oh, oh. Uh, very nice. I think we're going to just kind of grill some brats and steak, and that's about it. So nice. I'm excited about that. I like my tasty, tasty murder. Uh, I'm excited to be uh, less worried about people shooting off firewalk- fireworks and setting the state on fire. It's much drier now than it was three weeks ago, but it's still way better than it was the past couple of years. Fireworks are technically illegal here, but I don't think anybody really actually cares about that. Yeah, the same here. I mean, I think they're less illegal, or at least, or at least uh, they're less illegal in non-extreme fire restrictions. Uh, but that, that didn't yeah. stop people from blowing shit up in my both my old place and uh, and here in town. <laughs> yeah, this weekend I, I think we are getting a new puppy. Oh, I'm so excited some, for you! Yeah, because someone uh, unfortunately can't keep their chihuahua, and it's good because our place isn't that big just yet. It's still trying to figure out like can we move back to chicago and maybe stretch out some of this income a little more because california's stupid <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to cost of living but uh yeah i'm very excited about having a new furry friend oh that's exciting i'm happy for you guys hope it works out yeah i get them like a cubs onesie i don't know if they sell in chihuahua size but i'll i'll take a look I mean, if they sell them for any size, that would be for a Chihuahua, I think. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. We'll hope that the Cubs can triumph on this homestand and make make sure that the offense and the pitching click at the same time. No, nothing stupid on defense or the base paths. And just uh, hope that they continue making good decisions on and off the field. In the meantime, I am Rice, that is Jeff. We are at obstructiveview.net for anything that we care to write whenever we have time. Probably taking a break uh, for next week because it is the 4th of July, so happy 4th to all who listen. And we'll be back the week after because that's a little closer to the trade deadline. And then by then, maybe one of us will have done enough research to figure out who's who is acceptable to trade for, assuming the Cubs are still in a position to think about such things. You can find the World Series Dreaming stuff on Facebook. Uh, we are still on Twitter, which uh, kind of reminds me of Skip's bet about whether Mastroboni would get more hits than Twitter <laughs> stays alive in months. Here's a Since you mentioned Twitter, uh, Ken, here's a question. Which is going to end up higher? The number of months that Twitter still is a viable platform or the number of hits that Miles Mastroboni gets this year? Ooh, uh, I might have to give that to Twitter. Miles Mastroboni just uh, got optioned back down to Iowa, so it, it's looking like the Twitter bet <laughs> is, getting, is pretty safe for now. We are still at World Series Dreaming at gmail.com. 
You can, of course, find us on Apple Podcasts. Share us with our friends after you hopefully rate us a very nice five-star review if you choose to do so. And yeah, I hope you have a lovely weekend with a uh, doggy and cookout and everything, Jeff. Yeah, you too. Have a good one. Yeah. Go Cubs. Yeah. Happy, happy Independence Day and go Cubs. It was more than just a game.